Welcome back to Six Pennies Podcast. Timmy, I know it was just me and you last week, but Albert heard us complaining about his maternity leave, and he's cut it short. He's back. What's up, Albert? I am back. I am back, and I hate James Harden more than ever. Oh, you missed (laughs) it, dude. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, we're back. There's all six pennies here. We're going to do a pocket change episode today, which is pretty much, yeah, we're going to be throwing some change at some questions from a lot of our listeners. But before we do that, Albert, why don't you tell them about a couple of our sponsors? Let's do it. We have a brand new sponsor today. Very excited. First things first, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Avion Realty. If you're a real estate agent located in Houston or Dallas specifically, or actually anywhere around Texas, look at Avion Realty to provide you the support and infrastructure you need to be a successful agent. Avion Realty also offers a 100% commission plan. I don't know if you guys know anything about the industry or the space about real estate, but 100% commission is nuts. And Avion Realty is offering that. Not only do they give you a great commission plan, a great support system, but they have one-on-one coaching and mentoring to help you succeed in the real estate business. It's gonna combat complacency, increase focus, things like that. Uh, If you have any questions about how to join or any questions about Avion Realty in general, you can go to their website at avionrealty.com. You can go to our Facebook page. We'll link them to their Facebook page. Or you can give the CEO a personal phone call yourself. His number is 469-951-3585. That's 469-951-3585. And as always, if you mention Six Pennies Podcast, and you're looking to become a real estate agent at Avion Realty, he's going to waive the brokerage fee for that first month. I'm not going to get into I won't get into specifics into whoa, how whoa. that really is, but let's just say it's north of 300 bucks. Hey, uh what what's his name again? Van Den. Good job. Van so Van. Yeah, we we actually call him coach. Um, okay. you know, circle here in Dallas just cuz he is the guy to know in the real estate business and specifically Dallas and Houston. That's 469-951-3585. Put me in, coach. (laughs) Nice, nice. Wait, hey, can you also tell me how to spell Avion? This is not actually for listeners. I want to know all these details. This is great. Avion is A-V-I-G-N-O-N. Oh, okay. That's not what I expected. Got it. Yeah. It's kind of like Mark Wahlberg's tequila from Entourage. Avignon, yeah. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that that's our first sponsor. We're very excited about that for them jumping on the team here. And so one of our original sponsors, Tasty Tales Richardson, Texas, they do want me to mention that they have fresh crawfish right now during crawfish season, off season. It's always fresh. It's never frozen. It's not like the other Cajun restaurants that, you know, advertise fresh crawfish. They actually have their own crawfish lake or pond or whatever you like to call it, that they breed crawfish and bring it and ship it to Tasty Tales Richardson. Uh, She also wants me to mention that they have lunch specials. There's fried baskets, specials on overstuffed po'boys, salads, drink specials. They're open for lunch, for dinner, late nights on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And of course, Timmy and Jonathan... If you mention Six Pennies Podcast, this is anybody who who hears this right now. If you mention Six Pennies Podcast at Tasty Tales, you will get 15% off your entire bill. 15. What a deal. Let's try to go get Tasty Tales right after this. I'm in. I'm in. 
I don't know if I told you, Albie, I actually might have a work trip coming up to Dallas oh. in a couple weeks. Okay. It, it would probably dope. be just a, be a day, but hopefully I could come and see you and, and we can go to Tasty Tales, get that 15% discount. If you nice. and I are there, Timmy, I'm sure we can get it comped. Whoa. <laughs> wow. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Like I mentioned before, this is going to be a pocket change episode. We haven't done one of these in a in a minute, but basically we have this pretty long list of questions from our listeners through various giveaways and whatnot. Uh, so we're just going to roll through as many questions as you can. You guys ready? Let's, let's do go. it. Okay, the first one, surprise, surprise, comes from a friend, probably a best friend of the podcast, Jason Wang. Jason Wang. And this question was from a... Probably a couple years ago, but I think it's still pretty good. We just never got around to it. Sorry, Jason. But the question is, if you could spend one day with someone from the past, someone from the present, and someone from the future, who would they be and why? Ooh. Oh. This is big. I'm going to stall right here for 10 seconds to let you guys try to think of something. I'll start with someone from the past. For me, it would probably have to be someone that I'd have to like try to get inside their head to try to figure out what they were thinking right and for me wow. one of the biggest inventions of all time was the wright brothers and the airplane so I, I i think it's crazy looking back how they had really the audacity to get into something that they just built together and and just try flying it it, it just boggles my mind uh so i definitely mm-hmm. want to meet them timmy what about you if it's the past for me it's got to be a relative and uh i think it's got to be like my dad when he was either my age or a little younger than me just to see what he was like when he was in his 20s or early 30s oh probably 20s would be more interesting like new to america and everything before becoming a parent yeah probably before um and like he was new to the states and everything do you know if he was rocking a flat top and when he was 20 no he had the afro bro (laughs) definitely yeah you, you haven't known my dad long enough but mock you you definitely know the giant afro no, I all I remember is the guile, man. Like, yeah, Street Fighter Two guile look. Wait, you don't remember my dad with the really tall hair? It was tall, but it was still a flat top. Mm, it wasn't that flat. I mean, it was, I guess, a little bit, but it it was definitely different from guile. Okay, you gotta bust that with a picture after this. I, I will. See I will. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> Albert, what about you? Honestly, I don't think this was because uh, you mentioned it was Jason Jason Wang Panda, but the first thing came up to me was actually Jesus Christ. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't want to get into it because, yeah, we don't want to get into politics, um, but I think it would just be really interesting to meet him in person and, and really just 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 feel the, the power, right, the energy. Um, yep. But if, if it wasn't Jesus, I'd probably pick probably like an athlete before he or she got big, like Michael Jordan in high school or something. Nice. Dang. I could have sworn it was going to be LeBron James before he <laughs> no, got big. No, no. No going back. No going oh, back. you're saving him for the present. Got it. <laughs> and the future, probably. <laughs> uh, real quick for Jesus Christ. So that was one of mine. But if you had to meet Jesus, mm-hmm. either of you guys, which miracle would you want to witness? Would it be like uh, water into wine? Would it be walking on water? Would it be feeding the 5,000? Like, would you be there to audit him? Like, try to figure out, you know, exactly how many fish and loaves of bread there really were? So I'm, I'm thinking, definitely I'm thinking, not. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking even earlier. Like I'm thinking, like when he was a child growing up. Oh, baby Jesus. Yeah, young Jesus. <laughs> not, ba- oh, not baby. Not baby. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely like teenage years. You know, I mean, uh, running around the temple. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Just, just like to be his friend. 
imagine if you were just his friend and you just, you don't know just what he what he was and what he was capable of, of and like I don't know that's just amazing to me. Okay. I'd probably go with miracle number 1, water to wine. Sounds like it'd be a fun party. Party. Yeah. There's a yeah. wedding, right? I think it's a yeah. wedding. Sounds like a really fun wedding. Okay. What about someone from the present? Man, you guys are alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> someone from the present. For me, Harry Potter's been on my mind a lot recently. So <laughs> I want to meet J.K. Rowling. I think she is an absolute genius. I was about uh, to break it to you that Harry Potter's not a real person. But... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Harry Potter from the future, maybe. But yeah, J.K. Rowling, it's crazy. So I studied abroad in Edinburgh, Scotland, my freshman year of college, the summer there. And I remember when I was there, when, you know, when we were sightseeing with our classmates, we saw the cafe where J.K. Rowling wrote all the books or wrote the first few books. But back then, like, I didn't care about Harry Potter and I thought it was just a child's story. But now, like, looking back, it'd be awesome to go back and, and check those out and really get a chance to, like, get inside her head, like, figure out just how much planning she really did for the entire series. Because it's it's crazy looking back, been listening to Binge Mode podcasts, and they go through a few chapters every, you know, every episode. And there's so much foreshadowing in, like, even the first book, first two books. It's, it's insane. And it all comes together in the seventh book. Hey, Mark, was that Scotland study abroad trip? Um, was that the trip where you like danced to United Kingdom's like national march anthem or something? <laughs> no, that was a different trip with uh, that's a different just trip. my family. But that trip was Edinburgh was the first time I had my first beer. Dang, it's it it a big trip. Um, Guinness. I don't know why I'm mentioning so much alcohol on this podcast. But... <laughs> Alcoholic. <laughs> what about you guys? Someone from the present. Present for me, yeah. Present for me is is actually really easy. It would be Obama. Oh, Just, man, you yeah. took mine. Nice. Oh, dang. Actually, what? either of the Obamas, whether it's Barack or Michelle. You guys know I love Michelle. Um, but I just want to sit down, have a nice, like, dinner with them, get them drunk, and just talk about, <laughs> just, like, I don't know, just talk about, like, not, not, like, national secrets, but, like, I don't know, just, like, their relationships with other people, like, other powerful people. That would be really interesting yeah, to know. For sure. You don't know what you got until it's gone, man. Timmy. Someone from oh, the present. Man, that's I, I was all teed up for Barack, but I guess I'll go uh I guess I'll go to the celebrities and have some tequila with the man, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, <laughs> very nice. We're all nice. we're all drinking here. So that that seems like it would be a fun ride, right? That's I really wanna really see fun. I really wanna see what he's like in person because he's got a great persona. You see like, you know, him with fans and him on social media. He seems like a fun guy, but then you know, there's stuff that goes around like from the feud with Vin Diesel to you know, like some of his career movie choices recently. So I'm, I'm just curious to see what he's like in, it's, in person. It's, it seems really fun, and he is awesome. Uh, I do love The Rock as well, but it would just ruin everything if he was like a D-bag, right? That's true, yeah. <laughs> like, do you think you could handle like a full day with him? Oh, I didn't I mean, know, I know he a full day. Like, but do you think you could handle it? Like getting up at like 3 or 4 in the morning or whatever, working out for 4 hours and then no. going through the rest of his day? No, of course not. I no, can't. Definitely. I can't do any of the things you just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Finally, someone from the future. Oh, that's uh, an easy one. Easy. Okay, you go first. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely my son Zachary when he uh, gets to be stole, my age. You so easy. Mine. Yeah. Similar <laughs> kind of thing when he gets to be like a, a grown up, like in his I don't know twenties or thirty or so. 
I also wanted to meet Zachary when he was. Born. Oh, nice. <laughs> Albert, what's yours? Out, yeah, outside of you know my future daughter when she's a teenager, but oh, uh, I don't know if you want to meet a teenage daughter. I do, I do, because wow. I want to tell her to calm down. <laughs> if she's anything like her mom, she's going to have a temper, that's for sure. <laughs> um, future, I mean, probably her kids then, Amelia's kids, Ooh. so my grandkids, um, just family members down the line, and just see how life is different, you know, like yeah. 40, 50 years from now. Yeah, I will go along the same route. Uh, I'm not going to go with future Levi or future Shiloh, just because I'm I'm hoping I'm going to be here to be here firsthand for that. Uh, but maybe a couple generations down. So maybe my great, great grandkids. It'd be really interesting to see how crazy life is at that point. Like Albert, you just mentioned 40, 50, 60, 70 years from now. And this will be, you know, a few generations later. So I want to see what my future family looks like. Kind of crazy to think about. Would, yeah. you, would neither of you prefer to meet your future self like 30 or 40 years down the line who could give you some advice or tips on how to live now? Man, this is getting close to this is us episode. <laughs> this is getting close to like uh, one of those time travel looper kind of movies. The best. I'm not sure if I want to meet my future self. Yeah, me neither. I just, well, that was one thing that I can't, that was just thinking of like maybe it could be something that could be helpful to, or beneficial to myself, but mm, nah. <laughs> this is a little bit of a tangent, but I don't remember if you said this on a podcast or, or just in person before, Albert, but I remember you said you wanted to be dead by the time you're 40 because you didn't want to be old. 40? No, I, I raised, I had, true, I, I will not discount that, <laughs> um, but I did raise it up to like 55 or something like that recently, <laughs> but I mean, now having, being a dad, I think it's it's changing things. I still don't want to be like old. I don't want to be like, I still want to be self-sustainable. I think. Yeah, I think, cool. I don't think it's a matter of age. It's more a matter of like your, your health, your men- mental health, physical health. If you can't like do anything on your own or remember anything, then yeah. it kind of sucks to be in your 80s or 90s. Speaking of like family and, and generations and things like that, uh, when Amelia was born, uh, we actually have five generations of, uh, of wow. women. Isn't that crazy? So my great great grandma is one oh one. My Wow. Gra- yeah, my grandma is like seventy ish, who shares the same birthday as Amelia, and then my mom, Na, and then Amelia. Where are your great grandma and your grandmother? So great grandma is still in Vietnam, um, in Saigon, and then my grandma is in San Jose, just living it up. Nice, nice. Doing yoga and going to the temple every day. That's awesome. Okay, well, thanks for the question, Jason. That was a long time coming, but I'm glad we finally got to answer that one. Next up, it's about basketball, and it's about college basketball specifically. Just thinking about basketball in college, it it was a long time ago for all three of us now, 10 plus years. But I remember one guy I always used to hoop with back at UT was D. Shaw, my my boy Derek Shaw. So, Albert, can you tell the people about Derek Shaw and Farmers Insurance? Yes, Derek Shaw, Farmers Insurance. Please give him a call or send him a text at 214-729-6462. He will give you a free life, home, or auto quote today. As you guys know, you guys known him for a really long time. Timmy, you and I have actually you know, done business with his Farmers Insurance. Um, I have uh, life insurance with him. Timmy, I think you have home insurance with him. But he's just a really good guy. He's always honest. And he's always willing to tell you if his rates are the lowest or not. So if it's not the best deal for you, 
he's not going to force you to sign with him. He's not going to continue to haggle you. Um, he's always there to guide you and let you know how the insurance um, you know, company or insurance process works. So um, I really appreciate that. I'm really proud that he is our presenting sponsor for Six Pennies Podcast. He's been there since day one. Um, that's 214-729-6462. Another way to reach him is to go to facebook.com slash Derek Shaw Insurance. That's D-E-R-E-K-S-H-A-W Insurance. Very Did nice. I tell you guys how I actually worked with D. Shaw on my home insurance? No, let us know. I mean, so he gave me a quote, and then he was like, uh, actually, Farmers is super expensive in Houston, so don't go with us. And then he uh, gave me like the name of a broker that he knew. And I, I went through that guy who was actually very good too. gave me all sorts of quotes from other insurance companies. I actually didn't end up going with him either. And I, I asked Disha, like, how come he sent me to this guy? How come he did it this way? He was just like, insurance is, that's how it works. You just get the lowest rate and then we'll quote you again next year. So if you're not happy with what you have now, you can always go back to Disha and uh, see if they have something better for you the next year. That's awesome. Respect. And Derek's I love how we all have his number memorized by now. Two one four seven two nine six four six two. Nice, nice. I do want to quickly mention what you know what we're doing actually. So um, I think we're going to have a few more people, a few more listeners jump on board with um, a few more sponsors here. Um, but Six Pennies Podcast, why the name is actually three guys giving their two cents, which equals six pennies. You have myself, Albert, who's located in Dallas, and you have Jonathan in Houston and Timmy in Houston as well. Um, so we talk about anything from sports, pop culture, music, questions like this we get from our listeners. We answer those. Um, just a whole plethora of different topics. And uh, we're glad we continue to do this. It's been two years. We hope to continue it and, and bring more people onto the team. Yes, sir. It's been two years? Two years, buddy. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. All right. So let's go back to the pocket change question that I kind of teased there before we got Oh, I carried th- away I with Disha. It. it was actually a, actually a question. Yeah. yeah, it was a question from Paul Yin, and he wanted a college basketball podcast. And I'm sure he wanted a, de- a dedicated podcast, you know, with 30, 45 minutes worth of material. But I don't think any of us watched much college basketball at this point, especially before March hits. But let's just talk about, well, first question. Do you guys watch college basketball? Am I lying? I would say I've seen about... 10 to 12 games all the way through this year already. Dang. Wow. Okay. And it's because of the Duke hype, man. Duke. Zion, okay. yeah. I, a, I have not watched a single minute of college basketball besides Zion highlights. And I mean, it's crazy because when you watch a Duke game, they're either down or it's really close at halftime. And then the like second half, their just, talent just like overblows the, the competition. I think they already have two losses. One is kind of thrown away because Zion got hurt within the first 34 seconds. But watching yeah. them is actually really exciting for a just basketball fan because you're actually, I mean, it's not one, it's not apples to apples, but you're actually pretty close to watching an NBA team in college. And you just want to see how they do. Obviously, they don't shoot as well. They still make dumb mistakes, turn the ball over. But in, in terms of height, athleticism size it's nba size in college and it's just really interesting to me so i've been watching a lot of duke and cool thing for me is like i have pickup basketball on tuesday nights and they usually doesn't start till like 7 30 or 8 and duke for some reason always plays on tuesday night 
and it's usually like at six or six thirty start. So I watch them <laughs> and I get hyped, and then it's like perfect for um, for pickup basketball. Yeah, I've just been talking to one of my friends, Justin. He's a huge college basketball fanatic. I think I texted him today. I was like, "Hey, how do you watch college basketball? Like, this is so bad." Uh, and yeah. I was talking about a specific game. It's like twenty-eight to five or something. Ten minutes into the game, and he was—he's trying to argue that it's the purest form of basketball. And for me, that's yeah, that's well and good, but I, I want to see the skill level, like. Like you mentioned, Albert, you know, some of these teams like a Duke, like you're going to have a lot of NBA caliber talent on there, but that's one out of, you know, 300 teams that, that has that kind of talent. Yeah. And I can't, I can't get past some of these boneheaded mistakes and I can't blame them either because they're just kids. Like they're, yeah, they're so 18, young. 19 years old. And Do you that, feel the same way about college football? Yeah. I mean, college football compared to NFL, I'm, I'm still I'm always going to go for like the highest skill point, right? So for N- that's NFL, that's always going to be professional level. Like I don't want to watch, like I'll, I'll still watch, but there's just so much parity too, like between, you know, the top 25 ranked teams and like the rest of the league, you know? I, I feel like the big difference between college football and college basketball is that even though they are obviously amateurs and not as skilled either way, in basketball, that manifests in very low scores. And like you said, like, games where it's like 28 to 5 and like the other team just can't get past I don't know 20 points or something for a while. In football, if the team is bad or you know they're making mistakes, it just means they're going to score more points or like both teams will end up scoring a bunch of points, which is sometimes more exciting to watch. Yeah. I mean, there's certain aspects of college sports. I mean, we're going on off a little bit, but you know, like overtime rules for college football. Obviously, I like that a lot more than NFL, but as far as the actual talent level, I I just it's hard for me to, once I have a taste of the professional sports and seeing what it should look like and how good the shooting should be and how you know great the passing should be, it's hard, really hard for me to take a step down from that level. You know, well, I definitely agree on college basketball. Like it, it's unwatchable to me. Even like the tournament, it's exciting only because things come down to the last minute. But and there's single elimination. But uh, I completely agree. Like I don't, I wouldn't call it the purest form of basketball. I would, the purest form of basketball would probably be like little kids playing who are just having fun and don't really <laughs> care as much about little yeah. things in, in the game. They just want to have fun. What is, it, what, what is the purest form of basketball? Like, what does that even mean? That was my assumption. The purest was like where it's all about just enjoying the game and not about like anything else. I mean, I think if we're talking about like it. the if we're talking about like the best the game is, then that's got to be like the the pros. That's got to be the NBA. Yeah. To me, the purest means like 1904 with James Naismith and just into an actual basket, right? There's no dribbling. You just pass it and run and then you shoot it in. There's not even a backboard. I mean, that uh, that to me is the purest because how how do you define purest in 2019? Well, I guess it's like the purest form of modern basketball. Right. I I think it's not not saying like the original form of basketball. Yeah. What Justin and other NCAA basketball lovers are saying when they say pure is quote unquote, like how the game should be played. You know, they don't like to see the traveling and the James Harden isolation. Right. They want to see more team basketball, which I I guess. uh, But certain things college basketball just drive me nuts, especially like the shot clock. You shouldn't be able to reset a possession like five times and still get a shot off. (laughs) I would argue if if you're looking for like purest or quote unquote prettiest, I would argue like the European leagues are are a better watch than college basketball because then there's a lot oh, more teams. Completely, 
yeah, there's team play, there's there's shooting, there's fundamentals and things like that. Whereas college basketball, maybe the intentions are to have those those same team fundamentals and and passing and and all that stuff, but they 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 just don't have the capacity to do it. They don't have the yeah. talent to really execute it on the floor. Um, back to Timmy's point, though, I one individual aspect about college football and college basketball that to me is very similar is when you have one or two individual stars that are just way above and beyond better than like college competition, it really shows. So yeah. like if if you have like the number one pick overall Zion, who obviously shouldn't be in college basketball he's definitely already an nba player you see that he's head and shoulders just way more athletic and, than everyone like yeah. if he wanted to he can average 15 offensive rebounds and then like on the other side if you were to watch college football if you see like a really legit number one like an andrew luck or like a cam newton number one quarterback you can tell they're just way better than everyone else yeah you can tell the the level of talent difference is pretty insane but i mean it makes sense it just these guys are freaks like can you imagine zion williamson like imagine like what we look like at his age and what he looks like right now he's <laughs> he's like destroying nike shoes out there within 34 seconds uh yeah it's it's insane to watch let's jump let's jump back on topic here so right now the the top five ap poll for yeah. basketball is duke one gonzaga two Virginia three, Kentucky four, Tennessee five. Out of those teams, who's most likely to get upset? Do you guys even know, or maybe it's too no? Early. I know, I know uh, nothing. You said Tennessee's still in there. Tennessee, Rick Barnes. Yeah, Hope Tennessee. Give me Tennessee to choke <laughs> all day. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. they've had a pretty easy schedule too. They went undefeated for the longest time, and then I think they just lost two in the past week. But you're right. Outside of Duke, yeah. I've seen a couple of Duke games this year as well, and it's it's really hard to not get fully on this Zion Williamson hype train. But I realized something like this is the first year I don't hate Duke. And Albert, what about you? I know you've said you've been watching a lot of Duke this year. Did yeah. you hate Duke before? I stopped hating Duke when Coach K started cheating. So about like three years ago, because what it was all, it was all about, it was all about Coach Cal. Cal. Coach Cal is getting all of the five stars. Um, oh, every, okay. Everyone was going to Kentucky, and Duke was all about, you know, academics and, you know, getting he the right He didn't guy. like the one-and-done players, right? Yeah, he didn't want the one-and-done players. He only got, I mean, I don't want to be racist, but he only got, like, the good white people. But then, like... Oh, wow. Okay. But then, like, three or four years ago, <laughs> he, decided, he decided to go, you know, recruit big-name stars, and he didn't care that they were going to leave after one year. And now each class, he's been like the number one cl uh, recruiting class the last two or three years. So college sports, as Mark, you and, I, you and I talk about this all the time, that NCAA is probably the dirtiest business out there, yeah. especially when it comes to recruitment and money and amateur sports and things like that. So I think I just respect Coach K that he's actually playing the game too. Hey, who's the best Duke player in the NBA right now? Duke, I guess. Wow, stumped. Kyrie. I really don't want to say Kyrie. <laughs> it is, right? Who? Jason like, Tatum? No, he's not. All I mean, that's the yet. only other guy I can think of right now who's like really like, who are the other one and duns recently from Duke? Uh, let's see. So Grayson Allen, Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter, oh, Bagley. Uh, Harry Giles, Rodney Hood, Brandon Ingram, Kyrie, 
Tyus Jones, Luke Kennard, yeah, Sam Kyrie. Dang yeah, it. Not, not that impressive. Jalil Okafor, Jabari Parker, Mason, the Plumleys, JJ Redick, Austin Rivers, Tatum. Man, that's a pretty rough, like, all those top picks from Okafor, Ingram. Like, that's that's not very good for some of those guys that end up coming out, right? So I would, I would say it's rough from an NBA perspective, but when yeah. they were in college, it, they were nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just curious <laughs> about the NBA yeah. players. Because, like, NBA, I just feel like we just think of, like, Kentucky. But, I mean, ar- arguably, some of the best players are not from the top schools. LeBron yeah. is from high school. KD is from Texas. Yep. Seth Curry's from Davidson. Kawhi is San Diego State. Like, outside of AD and Kentucky, right? That's the only one that really came into fruition. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, Harden somewhere else. Paul George. They're all they're all over the place. Yeah. Like, Harden was Arizona State. Paul George yeah. was Fresno State. Like, these yep. are really small schools, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, last college basketball-related question for you guys. I know the NBA just brought up taking away the one-and-done rule. Yes. So, People can jump straight from high school to NBA again. How do you think this will affect college basketball? So I think this is a permutation from the original rules. So I think uh, it changed. It changed back to the one and done in like 04, 05, somewhere around there. But before that, as you know, people were able to come in straight from high school. So you had Kobe, KG, Dwight, LeBron, those kind of players. And then hundreds of players that failed that we forget the names of. Right. But the difference with this rule is, yes, you can declare for the draft, but now if it doesn't work out, you can actually go back and uh, enroll into a university. Oh. It protects the individual a lot more, which I'm oh. with. And then additionally, because the G League now has a lot more infrastructure, I think uh, you know stars had out of high school now, instead of playing college basketball, they can go into the G League. This is as of today. I think they're already making six figures. So it's really? a, six figures in the G League. Yeah, it's like one twenty-five or one hundred five. I forgot the exact number, but wow. they, they're taken care of, you know. And um, obviously, the leagues internationally are a lot more seasoned. There's a lot more infrastructure, and it's not as crazy in twenty nineteen to live in Spain or China or anything like that as as opposed to ten, fifteen, twenty years ago. Yeah, oh, that's really interesting. Do you know that new rule? Does it apply to players who are already in college basketball declaring for the draft? Like, can you declare for the draft and then change your mind and come back to college? You mean the players that are already in college? Right. Like, they finished, like, their first year in college and they thought about the draft and then... Uh, no, that, no, that doesn't change. That okay. Doesn't... Yeah, I had to think about that for a second. No. I wonder why not. I, didn't, I never understood that rule. Why wouldn't you be able to go back to college after you tried to get into the draft? It's a it's a good point. You're right because right now the the line of demarcation is if you were to hire an agent, that's when right. you, yeah. you forgive or you waive your amateur status. And you're right. Yeah. I don't know why you cannot just get that back. That's a w- NCAA rule. <laughs> it just seems silly. Like just fire the agent and go back to becoming to being an amateur. Like just because you got the agent and declared for the draft doesn't mean that you are suddenly a pro. You're not. Agreed. And like I said, that's really only NCAA, because if you think about other examples, let's say you were a soccer player in France and you decided to go to England to play and it didn't work out, you can actually go back to France, you know, and, and, and roll back to your original team or your original school. But for some reason, the United States College Athletics Decision Association, yeah, they just decide not to, to allow that. It might be out of petty, who knows? 
Okay. Well, thanks for the question, Paul. I hope we quenched your thirst a little bit for a college basketball podcast. Sorry, it wasn't much, but uh, I think that's the most we could muster. Last question of the day is from Maxwell Lee. He asks, how will you raise your children in a social media saturated world? <laughs> that's hard. This is this is a tough one. I'm glad our kids are hopefully too young for any social media right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have Facebook or whatever accounts and not too far off in the future. So how yeah, I think how it will just, you guys handle this? I think it just becomes a norm now. I think the online identity of a person will just carry with that person um, in the future. Uh, it might not be Facebook. It might not be Instagram. It, it might just be, you know, online identity A, and that's just how you're known by. I don't know. That's what I foresee. Maybe that's a little black mirror in me talking, but that's what I see. Yeah, I don't think it's anything we can get around. I think it's just delaying the inevitable at this point. Okay, so how do you guys start right now? I guess I'm kind of associating social media with screen time right now. Obviously, all our kids right now are under the age of three. So how are you guys managing that now or, or within the next year for you, Albert? Oh, man, that's a, that's a pretty tough question because the obvious answer for most people uh, with kids under, I don't know, a year and a half, two years old is try to limit it as much as possible and don't right. show the kids the screens at all. But then we ourselves are using our phones all the time or we're using an iPad or a computer. And so the kid obviously gets interested. It's a really exciting, colorful thing that um, has a lot of action on it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard for us to get away from. So obviously it's hard for them to not want to be a part of as well. So for me, it's um, trying to limit it as much as we can. But you know, it's also it, it's also really helpful. Sometimes it's a tool for getting a little bit of time back when you just for can't sure. uh, yes. can't handle stuff. You need to go to the bathroom. I don't know. You got to do something else, and you got to eat a dinner in peace. And so you know, the kid gets to watch a little bit on on your phone or an iPad. Yeah, for me, we try to limit it to like an hour a day, and. Before the age of two, Levi, our older one, he didn't care at all about it. But now he's he's like obsessed. Uh, so I think we watched Toy Story two for like thirty consecutive oh, days. Isn't um, that the worst one? <laughs> I don't know, but we we pretty much have everything memorized. He has everything memorized. He has like he knows exactly when to call out to us to tell us to fast forward through the commercials. Wow. Um, Wait, but commercial commercials what is this what are you oh, watching sorry. yeah this is on dvr i'm <laughs> <Okay>. still old school <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm, I'm not gonna spring for the blu-ray or, or whatever yet wow. uh, but the tricky thing is yes it buys us time especially when especially for eating it's it's hard now to like feed both kids but the tricky part is shiloh isn't supposed to like she's only yeah. a year but obviously if he gets to watch then she's sitting right there and she gets to watch too and yep. um it's tough it's it's gonna be really tough so we try our best to just limit it to like an hour in the afternoon but he pretty much asks for it within an hour of waking up but <laughs> albert, albert what's your plan gonna be I don't know. It's it's hard. I mean, she, Amelia is so young. Um, obviously, yeah. you guys are correct. We we do want to restrict it for as long as possible. But what I've seen that's been really effective, and this is for kids that are a little older, obviously. So kids that are in school. So the system that I've really liked is like a currency system. So it teaches them like the value of, of work or the value of being obedient, you know, acting correctly. And he or she would get a current um, set of currency, whether it's money or 
coins or whatever, and then he or she can use it for time with electronics. I think that's really cool. You know what I was thinking of? I don't know if you guys ever, this is random article I read about, um, it was about adult men who eat like little kids. Like all they eat is like burgers and chicken fingers and French fries and candy and stuff. Have you guys heard anything about this? Nope. No. One of the one of the theories is that the reason that happened for those those adult men was that they were trained so much when they're little that those items were treats for them. They were told like, hey, if you eat this disgusting spinach or broccoli, then you get to eat a chicken nugget. That they found that that chicken nugget or that French fry to be like the best thing ever. And then when they became old enough to have the freedom, it's been ingrained in their minds that they wanted to eat junk food and now they can. And that's all they do now. So that's one thing that I would worry about. Like, if you make the currency watching electronics, then at some sure. point when they have the freedom to watch it, they'll think this is the best thing in the world. And now it's free. I'm just, that's all I'm going to do. I, I don't know if this could manifest in this way, but I'd be a little concerned about it. I mean, there, yeah, there's there's some sense to that. I feel yeah. like there's some truth to that. I mean, it kind of worked on me. Like, I didn't have cable TV growing up, so once I went to college, man, it was on oh, all day, now, every now day. Now you can't get rid of cable. <laughs> this is why I can't get the cord. <laughs> this is why I got to make up for the last time. Beware. <laughs> this does remind me of, like, hoarders. So people who, like, just accumulate a bunch of things. And a lot of them say that it's because when they were kids, they just didn't have anything. So when they grew older or when they had the means, they just started buying and they, they just couldn't give things up. Um, I don't know if that's any true, but um, it's similar. It's so tough, though, if you go the opposite way and then you just give the kids everything or you just let them watch whatever they want now. And then when they get older, that becomes the norm as well. And that's they expect it and they're entitled. So I don't know yeah. what's better. Yeah. Oh, man. One of these days, we might be asking to go visit our past selves to try to correct whatever parenting thing <laughs> went wrong in these first few years. But yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in today. Thank you to our question askers for today, Jason, Paul, and Maxwell. Appreciate the support. If you guys get a chance, please give us a like on Facebook, give us a follow on Twitter, and give us a review on iTunes. All right, thanks guys.